The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 80 She's Not the Colorado Kid. 1883, February 15th, Henry's Bar, Colorado. The morning has been quiet. Everyone just seemed not to want to say anything, especially to Eurycity. He and Orpheus rode up to Henry's Bar. Orpheus tethered their cart to the back to a special place that was reserved just for that cart, just for them. Eurycity hopped off, and they entered through the back door into the kitchen, and then into the main bar itself. They had not spoken to each other all day. Orpheus was nervous and didn't know how to approach any subject today. Today was going to be difficult. Paris was missing, and her loss was hitting Eurycity hard, especially today, her birthday. Orpheus immediately went to the piano, sat down, and began to play a song he knew was one of Eurycity's favorites. Eurycity sat at the bar and ordered a whiskey by pointing at the spot in front of him. Henry understood. He filled the glass silently and set it in front. Colin looked up and then sat in the chair next to Eurycity. He was the first to speak. Hey, Luke. I was wondering if you could do me a favor. I got this bounty I'm looking into. I got the maps, and I'm pretty sure I know who his accomplices will be. So I think I know what I'm facing. But if you wouldn't mind going over everything with me, it's never a bad idea to be safe. How many men? Four. Up in the mountain, or hold up in the canyon? Canyon. All right. I better look at the map. It's in my office. Henry will hold your drink for you. Don't worry. Then we'll have supper. Colin and Eurycity walked out of the saloon together. As soon as they were gone, Henry walked over to Orpheus and tapped him on the shoulder. Lee, we have to talk. Is everything okay? With me, yeah. But there's a problem. With who? Orpheus asked. Henry didn't answer. He just set a newspaper in Orpheus's hands. The pass is clear enough. The mail is getting through again. And I got this paper from Denver. Henry explained as Orpheus unfolded it and began to read the articles on the front page. It wasn't long before he saw one towards the bottom. It simply said, Whiskey Girl Defeats Champion. He read quickly, The Denver City boxing champion had been beaten by a girl they call the Whiskey Girl. He tried scanning the article to find her actual name, but at no point did the article ever use it. It just went on and on about how disgraceful it was and how shameful that a match like this had ever been put together in the first place. The reporters seemed to be more obsessed with a diatribe about some group they called the Denver City Amazons than giving any more facts or more information about the actual fight. Anna? Orpheus asked. That's what me and Colin are thinking, yeah. I don't want to encourage you to lie to your husband. But I know how Luke will take it if he finds out Anna's been making money boxing, Henry said. She's boxing. Orpheus smiled. Why are you so happy? He may just shoot you this time. She's using what I taught her. It's helping her survive. I know I should be upset, but I'm so proud. She's more like 
me than I thought she was. Orpheus beamed. You gotta wipe that smile off your face. What are you gonna tell Luke? Henry asked. Oh, yeah. He's not gonna take this well. I have to go see her. I have to go up to Denver. Colin can go with you. Henry offered. I shouldn't lie to Luke. Orpheus said, as he looked forward determined. No, you shouldn't. Henry mimicked him. But honestly, I don't know if it's her. It's someone. And that someone is a girl. So there's a chance it's her. But I don't know that. No, you don't. So in fact, if I told him I was going up there because she was boxing and I wanted to see it, that wouldn't necessarily be true, would it? Orpheus speculated. Not exactly. Henry agreed. So what I really need to do is go up there because I need to go up there and find her no matter what she's doing. Now that we know the path is clear and I can. Orpheus continued. Somebody needs to go check on her. And it can't be Eddie. And it can't be Luke. It has to be me. Colin has agreed to help. He'll go with you. Between the two of us, I'm sure we can find her. Denver is a big city. You should bring back up. Right. Now, there's no reason we should upset Luke until we have all of the facts, right? That's true. Who knows what he would do if he thought she was in danger? Exactly. So showing him this newspaper, or letting him know about it, could be dangerous. Very. We should keep Luke safe. We shouldn't show this to him, and make sure that any other copies are destroyed, right? I think it would be best, and I'm pretty sure that this is the only copy in town. Right. Here. Take it back. You should put it somewhere. Don't tell me where, but don't destroy it. One way or another, someday Luke is going to find out. And if I survive that, uh, I'm going to want this back. (laughs) Orpheus could not hide his smile as he handed the paper back to Henry. Colin and Eurystice entered the saloon. Well, fuck. If you want to die, sure, just barge in there guns blazing. Eurystice yelled. Damn it, that's not what I'm saying. But this shit is not going to end with a fucking tea party. We need to be prepared for a gunfight, or it's going to be our asses in the ground. Colin argued. All right, all right, that's enough of that. Pick a table and we will eat. Henry yelled, cutting off their conversation. We're eating here. What's for supper? Eurysity asked. Steak? Henry said as he handed Eurysity a glass of whiskey. Steak? Just steak? Since when did you serve steak? It's not just steak. I have bread as well, and there's always chili if you need something else. Henry said. You have bread? Who baked it? Eurysity asked. Pollyanna, she made something special so we could have this dinner. She also helped me cook the steaks. Now, are you going to keep asking questions? You're going to sit down for supper. Henry pointed to the table. Eurystice sat down and Colin sat across from him, with Orpheus to his right. Henry came over holding a bottle of whiskey. He set more glasses around the table. He poured each of them a small amount, refilling Eurystice's glass, and then sat down. What's going on? Eurystice asked as he looked around the table, realizing everyone was staring at him. I love you. Orpheus began. What did you do? Eurystice interrupted. I didn't do anything. I just want you to know, before I say what I have to, that I love you. Why am I being ganged up on? What's going on here? The mail came through from Denver. Henry said. What was in it? Eurystice asked. Nothing special. That's not really the point. Orpheus explained. The point is that the mail came in from Denver. Then we can go out. 
I'm going to go find Anna. What are we doing here? We'll leave right now. We'll grab the stakes and go. You can't come. Fuck you, I can't come. You want to try and stop me? Luke, it's not worth the risk. What happens to you if you get caught? I don't care. What happens to the younger boys if the sheriff decides you broke your deal and come down here to pick them up? He wouldn't dare. We don't know that. And I can go up and find her, but you can't come. I don't know what really happened between her and Eddie, so he can't come either. It has to be me. You're not going alone. Don't worry, Luke. I'll go with him. Colin said. She needs her mother. Now you're her mother. Orpheus countered. Fuck you! Eurystice yelled inches from his face. She needs her father. Any boy who ends up with a broken heart from a girl he cannot let go of needs his father. She's not a boy! No, but her heart was broken by a girl. I can talk to her. I'll bring her home. You don't know anything about girls. You never dated a girl in your life. And you did, Orpheus asked. Eurystice said nothing and folded his arms across his chest, staring at Orpheus. <laughs> Holy shit, you did. How'd that work out? Colin asked. None of your fucking business, that's how that worked out. Why you, Colin? You and Lee and Henry planned this. The dinner, the bread, making sure I had a few drinks in me first. Why are you two going? Well, what do you mean? Why not take Simon or Matthew? Why not take Henry? You're leaving the town without a sheriff. Wouldn't Henry have been a better choice? There is something else. You don't think over the years I can't smell it when you're hiding something from me? She's boxing up there, isn't she? So the Colorado kid and the Irish bull are going to go check on their protege, are they? Luke, she's not the Colorado kid. It's not who she wanted to be. This has all been decided without me. Luke, I love you. And I know how much you miss her. I know how much you want to see her. But I want to do this safely. I don't want to jeopardize our family, and I don't want to jeopardize you. I wish you could come with me. I wish you could be at my side. I always want that. I never want to be apart from you. But you're missing a part of your soul, because she's gone. I will find her for you. I will bring her home if I have to tie her up and throw her into the car. You better. You fucking better. The drive to Carson City took about a day and a half. Colin and Orpheus were relieved to be wandering through the streets of the busy metropolis. They searched the streets looking back and forth as they rode through, but Orpheus knew this was going to get them nowhere. They just weren't going to run into her. Okay, now that we're here... Where do we start looking? Orpheus asked. I was going to go to the sheriff's office and check the wanted posters. Colin said. <laughs> That's very funny. No, really, where are we going? I wasn't kidding. Likelihood is she's not on them, but she does have a tendency to cause a scene. Even if she's not on them, I would bet you anything. The sheriff knows where to find her. She's not that bad. You keep telling yourself, but I bet you five dollars... If we go to the sheriff's office, we'll find a lead. All right, you're on. It's up there on the left. <laughs> Henry's right. You are a sucker, because that's her leaning up against the post to the sheriff's office now. Colin pointed in the distance. Orpheus looked and could see up ahead a girl leaning against the office. She was dressed in men's clothing. 
She had two guns on her hips, but something wasn't quite right. It looked like her, but she was too short. That's not her, Orpheus said. Unless she somehow shrank in the wash. Colin leaned forward and squinted his eyes. Holy shit, you're right. You still owe me five dollars, though, because that is definitely our first lead. Colin said as they rode the distance quickly. Then Orpheus hopped off the carriage and approached the girl. Cassandra was tapping her foot and looking around the street as Orpheus stood in front of her. She looked at him strangely and then looked around him, still scanning. Excuse me, miss. I'm looking for Anna Belli. Do you know her? Orpheus asked. Cassandra stopped and took a long look at Orpheus. He wasn't any taller than she was. He had thin, dark hair and no distinguishing features. What was asking? Cassandra looked puzzled at him. I'm her father. You are? Cassandra was amazed. Yes. You're the Colorado kid. I was once, yes. But you're so short. She held her hand out and touched the top of his head and then the top of hers. I'm as tall as you are. Yeah, but I'm a kid. So was I. Anyways, you seem to know me, or at least a little bit about me. Do you know her? Yeah. I've been waiting for you. You are late. Come on. You need to come with me. Cassandra grabbed his hand and began to run up the street. How could you have been waiting for me? How did you know where I would be? That's not important. I'll tell you later. Right now, I need you to get to the meeting. What meeting? The town meeting. The town is meeting, and there is a problem. We're going to need your help. It's right in there. Go on. They came to a set of double doors on a municipal building. She grabbed the handle and opened one of them for Orpheus. How can I help? You'll see. Go on in. Cassandra almost pushed him in. Inside, there were sounds of a crowd arguing. He entered the meeting hall. It was full of people, and no one was sitting in chairs. Everybody standing, yelling, as a man slammed a gavel in the front. Please, please come to order. This is a city council meeting, not a protest. We are trying to get through the legislative business of the city. We are not here to discuss the whiskey girl. The mayor yelled out to the audience. But what are you going to do about her? A man yelled. It's disgraceful, yelled a woman in the crowd. We can't have some lesbian representing the city as its champion, came another voice from somewhere in the crowd. I understand that. The mayor insisted. And when it's time, we can discuss that. But right now, we need to get through the agenda. Someone needs to take that girl down. Okay, then you fight her. The mayor gave up. The meeting was derailed. All of you are good at complaining. Will even a single one of you try to fight her? If you're too cowardly to back up your own words, what do you expect the city to do about it? Hire someone. A real fighter can put her in her place. Are you ready to pay for that? $100 entry fee, plus whatever the boxer charges for his services. Where's that money coming from? Are you going to pay that? It's easy to say someone should do something, but when that someone is you, suddenly, a girl as our champion isn't as bad as it all seemed. I will give you a chance. We will take up a collection. If we don't get at least $100, then we drop the matter and get on with the business of the city, can we? Who will fight her? We don't know yet, the mayor answered. We want to know what we'll be buying. I'll do it, yelled Orpheus from the back. Who was that? Me. I'll happily fight her any time. Would you come forward, please? The mayor asked. The crowd parted, and Orpheus walked through. 
He was not visible until he finally hit the steps of the platform and stepped up to see the mayor. I'd be happy to fight her for you. I'm sorry. Who are you? My name is Lee. Orpheus held out his hand. The mayor shook it. I am a professional boxer. I came up here to check out the whiskey girl, as you call her. Are you sure you're up to this? You seem, and pardon me for saying so, a little short. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's to my advantage. The whiskey girl has trained to beat big, strong muscle men. She's used her speed to outmaneuver them. But I am as fast as she is, and I have a depth of experience she's still developing. You know her. Well, I think it's her. We are talking about Anna Belli, right? Yes. I wasn't sure. Last time we fought, she wasn't called the Whiskey Girl. That's new. You fought her before. I have, and beaten her. This isn't the first town she's fought in. I've been following her career since the beginning. I would have come up sooner, but the winter kept me away. Bullshit! A man from the audience yelled. This pipsqueak is a con man. He just wants the money. The man went to the stairs and began to walk toward Orpheus. Once he was standing in front of him, he looked down at him and said, This little thing doesn't have a chance against that girl. Fuck! I bet you can't even throw a punch! You still have a cut healing above your eye, and slight bruising around the socket. There's a deep bruise under your chin, and you were limping slightly as you walked up, indicating an injury to your kneecap. You also look a little winded. What is it? Craft grip? She probably punched you in the ribs, then uppercutted you in the eye when you doubled over, kicked you in the knee to drop you, and finished you off with a snap kick to the jaw. Did she try to dislocate your shoulder? You didn't speak up when they were asking for fighters, so you're probably afraid to fight her again. You must be the previous Denver City champion. Am I right, champ? You could have learned all that anywhere, Pipsqueak. This is still a con. I bet you still can't even throw a punch. He poked Orpheus in the chest. You don't want to fight me. You're still healing. You should wait until you are 100% before you take on another opponent. What, you scared, Pipsqueak? All right, fine. Mayor, how long did it take her to beat him? Asked Orpheus. Three minutes, the mayor said. Three minutes? Oh, she didn't like you. What did you do to make her want to humiliate you like that? Shut the fuck up, the champ fumed. Uh, right. Shall we go outside? I've got to beat you in less than three minutes. You're bluffing. Nope. All the bets are on the table. I call. Let's go outside and do this right. Orpheus walked past him and down the stairs. The crowd parted for him and then followed him out. Only the mayor, Florence, and the champ remained. He looked at the mayor. Well, are you going to fold? The mayor asked. Fuck no. He replied and stomped out into the street. I think he's going to regret that, Florence smiled. Oh, I, I know he will. The mayor agreed. The crowd formed a large circle around Orpheus. Colin shoved people out of his way until he was standing behind Orpheus. Kid, what's going on? I'm coming out of retirement. What? I have to beat the former Denver City champion in less than three minutes. Why? because that's how long it took Annabelle. And I have to prove I'm better than she is. No, she doesn't cause a scene wherever she goes, and neither do you. You're both very subtle. Colin laughed. The champ came out of the hall, and the crowd began to let him through, then closed around him. 
Okay, kid. Don't go straight for the knockout. Take his air first. You remember the plan. Take down his guard, take his air, then lay him out. He can't recover if he can't breathe. Yes, sir. I remember. It's all coming back to me now. Orpheus smiled. Cassandra tried to push her way through the crowd, kicking and shoving to little effect. Move! I can't see! Let me through! She complained. Colin looked down at her, and then held out his hand for her. She took it, and he pulled her up and set her on his shoulders. There you go. Hold on. Don't fall off. Colin told her. Thanks. I'm Cassandra. Are you Colin? Guilty. Is Henry or Luke here? She asked. No, they're back at home. Who are you? I'm Cassandra. I'm an Amazon. I'm the whiskey girl's assistant. <laughs> I see. What do you assist her with? Everything. Cassandra answered. The mayor walked into the circle. All right. Listen up. I have a stopwatch. If Lee can beat the former champ in less than three minutes, we will take up a collection. If that collection exceeds $100, then he has agreed to fight the whiskey girl. All money exceeding $100, he will keep as his fee. Agreed? The mayor asked. Orpheus nodded yes. If he can't defeat the former champ in less than three minutes, then the champ will have proven to everyone in the city that it takes at least that much time to beat the crap out of him. Agreed? The mayor laughed. Wait, what? I will start the timer in three, two... Wait, ho hold on. The champ tried to interrupt. One, fight. He raised the stopwatch in the air and visibly hit the button. Orpheus ran forward, slamming his shoulder into the champ's side. He staggered back and took a boxing stance. Orpheus did not. He paced back and forth, swinging his hands in little circles. His guard! yelled Colin. Orpheus charged in and punched the champ in the wrist and the elbow and the shoulder. He tried to counter Orpheus, but every punch missed by an inch as Orpheus stayed on him, slamming his fists over and over into his guard, not caring that he was still protecting his body. The champ desperately took a large swing, trying to push Orpheus back, but Orpheus ducked under, then jumped up and slammed both fists into his shoulder. The champ felt something snap, and a wave of pain like cannon fire burned down his right side. His arm went dead. He couldn't move. His air! yelled Colin. Orpheus punched him in the ribs, finding the one that was already weakened. He kept punching it over and over, punching him in clusters of four. One, two, three, four, move. One, two, three, four, move. One, two, three, four, move. The champ tried to push him away. He couldn't move his right arm, but he tried to hit Orpheus with his left. Nothing connected. Orpheus spun and slammed his elbow into his ribcage. He felt them break. He followed up with a fist into the now broken ribs, pushing them into his diaphragm. The ex-champ couldn't breathe. He started to back up as he wheezed, trying to catch his breath. The crowd pushed him back towards Orpheus. He staggered forward, barely keeping his balance. Let him out! Colin yelled. Orpheus flipped backwards, kicking the champ under his chin as his foot came up. Orpheus landed on his hands, then pushed up, flipping the rest of the way over onto his feet. The champ fell unconscious onto the ground. The crowd moved, letting him hit the dirt. No one tried to catch him. The mayor stopped the watch. Orpheus took a bow. The crowd cheered. Orpheus held up a hand, silencing them. Mayor, what was the time? Orpheus asked. 
Two minutes, five seconds. The mayor yelled out to the crowd. They again cheered. But of course... The mayor silenced them. You cheated. You're not allowed to kick people in boxing. You're right. I did cheat. But so will she. When we fight, there will be no rules. She kicks me, I will kick her back. If she grabs me, I will hold her down. If she tries to throw me, I will throw her out of the ring. I know every trick she knows, and I'm ready to use them on her. No rules, no points, no rounds, no bell. The one who can't continue loses. The crowd cheered. But I need your help. Orpheus grabbed Colin's hat from Cassandra, still on his shoulders. Orpheus looked back at her and smiled. We need the money to pay the entry fee. Every penny helps. If you want to see this fight, please come forward. The crowd surrounded Orpheus, shoving money at him and shaking his hand. Cassandra tapped Colin, and he let her down. She took off her hat and ran to Orpheus's side to help collect the money. When the crowd finally cleared, Orpheus felt like he had shaken every hand in Denver. He and Cassandra held the hats, stuffed with money. The champ lay still in the dirt. The mayor stood next to him. Florence stood in the doorway to the public meeting hall. Well, that's one city meeting down. The mayor joked. Come on inside. We need to work out the details. Somebody should get him a doctor, Orpheus said as he walked past the champ. Yeah, somebody should, the mayor said as he kept walking, not looking back. Orpheus, Colin, Cassandra, and the mayor walked into the hall where Florence waited for them. The mayor stepped aside, leaving Orpheus standing in front of Florence. Florence slapped Orpheus across the face. You ass! How dare you try and steal the career of a girl just trying to survive? She had to fight to defend herself. She had to fight to defend her freedom. She had to fight to defend her life. And now you show up and she has to fight you to defend her reputation? I hope she beats you, Florence berated him. (laughs) So do I, Orpheus replied. You twisted masochist hole! If you need someone to beat you, allow me. Florence pulled back her hand, but before she could hit him again, Cassandra leapt forward and caught her hand. Cassandra, let go, Florence demanded. Mistress, this is her father, she explained. Whose father? The whiskey girl's. What? Florence stopped. She took a long look at him before she spoke again. You've been following her career from the beginning. She was ten when she started fighting with her brothers. You know all of her tricks. I taught them to her. You've already fought her and beaten her. We have sparred hundreds of times, and she has yet to beat me. But every time we do, she gets a little closer. Oh, God. I am rarely embarrassed. And it's even more rare for me to apologize, but I am so sorry. Please forgive me. (laughs) No need. I intentionally misled you, and it makes me happy to see my daughter has such... Loyal friends. Is she here? No. She went hunting for her birthday. Hunting? Where? Orpheus looked surprised. We're not sure. She just said her favorite spot to the south to meet up with friends. Colin! We came all the way up here. She's probably five, maybe ten miles from home. When is she coming back? Tomorrow. We're planning a big birthday party for her. Will you come? Of course I will. Uh, Who are we? The Amazons. Come on. It's time for you to meet them. You have to see Celia. Celia? Celia is our queen. 
This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Lee, artwork by Helen Lee, performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead, except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you.